Dumb Evil Squid Comics Podcast, episode 59. 59. I'm 15. Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And every couple weeks we get together and talk about comic books and movies and TV shows like The Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Scott and I were having a conversation for starters. So I'm sorry I interrupted. I no, I was curious on what Eric uh, Gepster's commissions, how much he was charging. Oh, I didn't I ask him. Know. He yeah. did a little thing in my sketchbook for like 20 bucks. I, I, thought I figured he'd But be it wasn't of, like a super finished piece. Right, but I figured he wouldn't be as much as some of the others there. But, uh, but yeah, he, I didn't get around to asking him. He was him. interesting to talk to. He was. He was. Very Bill nice Hook guy. gave me a bargain, though. I had him do like a ROM head for my buddy. And it was like ten bucks. It was like in color, even. Yeah. Well, I'll have to, when I show some of my stuff here or whatever else, I'll he didn't tell give me a little bargain for it. So. He didn't. And it was my wife. And it was my wife that did it to me. What? Because what did you do? I had, him, I had him do an Invisible Man in my Invisible Man sketch. Uh huh. Yeah. And so I walked up, and of course Barbara was sitting at his table, and he. What gave, did he charge you? He he was like, I don't know what to charge, and then he goes, I don't know, ten, twenty. And then Barbara's like right there. She's like, "You should charge in 30. Oh, nice. Well, that's your problem right there. And that uh, does sound like it. But then she goes because I want one of those prints too. Oh, uh, so I guess I did get a bargain. I got a cool drawing and a print for my wife that made her happy. But gotcha. Sweet. Well, that works. But yeah, she upped the price on me. There nice. you go. I was like, "Thanks a lot, babe." Thanks a lot. Cool. So before we start talking about. Uh, cool art that we got at Air Cap. Do you want to talk about Mandalorian at all? Let's do that. The spoilers, Mandalorian. Spoilers, now only two spoilers, episodes spoilers, are out, right? Two episodes. Yes, That's all I've seen. This will yes. be spoilers. Only When's two. episode three come out? Friday? Friday. Friday. Yep, every Friday, Friday. until... Um, eight episodes come out? Well, there's eight episodes, but it will... Co- I don't remember when the eighth one comes eight? out. Yeah, there's only eight episodes, but some point in time there when Rise of Skywalker comes out... That week of the nineteenth or whatever the hell in uh-huh. there type thing, I think it comes. It drops on either the Wednesday or the Thursday, the uh, head of Rise of Skywalker for whatever gotcha. reason. So that's they the only one. Distracted week, watching uh, Mandalorian at home while Rise of Skywalker. I guess not. They the want theater. you to get prepared to go see Rise of Skywalker and get, get a little pumped. Ready. I guess you could probably watch it in line, waiting to get into Rise of Skywalker. Probably True. so. Probably so. But anyway, so there's mm-hmm. only two episodes that have dropped so far. The first one being, you know, kind of the the intro pilot type thing, whatever you want to call it there, about 40, 45 minutes long. Yeah. And the second one being 30 minutes long. Yes. A little bit shorter there. So let's talk about episode one. All right. It started a little slow. Maybe? Really? You found it slow when he goes in, beats up two other guys that are no, talking that was to this okay. guy? No, think there was like a lull. Maybe. There is a slight lull after slight that lull. opening scene. I guess the part where but he's like... But for a 40-minute like, show, that lull is very... Well, the part where he's like trying to learn to ride the whatever thing, like that was kind of like felt filler. Wasn't needed. Yes. Not needed. Do we really need this? I mean, why does throw back to attack of the clown. why did he have to ride the thing to get there if the IG whatever number got there without riding the thing? Because it's a droid. It probably like had a little rocket boost or something. Who the hell knows? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was smart enough okay. that it landed close. I don't know. My son kept know. asking where his rocket pack was, or his. You're thinking you know. the wrong person. I know. But. So. My the thing that irritated me, Ir- and then you? and then just threw me out of the whole episode for like the rest of it. Wow. Episode one, yeah, huh. was and I get hung up on the stupidest little thing. And this is kind of what I was talking about in our our message group. But so when is this set? 
It's set after What's the re- timeline? it's set after, after Return, Return of the Jedi, Jedi before the Force Awakens. But so how, sometime like in five, that five twenty years, years, I think, is what we're thinking. Five years how many after years Return are there Jedi? in between the two? Twenty years. There's Scott about, just said it. Yeah, I, I said about twenty, 20 years between okay. Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. All right. Give so, or take, so how many years is between Empire and Return of the Jedi? Not uh, like six months. I don't months, know. Maybe five year. years. Okay. So no, between maybe. Empire and Return, mm-hmm. Empire and Return is probably more less than a year, right? Oh, I thought it was more like a year. So it might be a year. It okay. sort of makes sense. About a year. It okay. sort of makes sense after I think about it, like possibly. But the thing that threw me for a loop was when he was, after he captured that first guy and he's like talking and all this other stuff and then he carbonizes him. Mm-hmm. And then he's got like five other dudes carbonized. Uh-huh. Like, did that just, because in Empire, it was, it was an experimental, experimental thing. thing. And that and thought did Boba, run through my head. And I'm like, really? So now it's just like common use, common technology. Could be. Could I guess be. it could. The be. word gets around. Plus, Boba Fett is a Mandalorian, and this guy's a Mandalorian. So maybe, but I don't know. It just that thing kind of threw. me I agree. Like, it did really? throw me a little bit because, like, they made such a big deal of carbonizing right. Han Solo. And they had like this big apparatus you right. to go down to this pit, and I'm like, it's it was like this major thing. thing. And then these guys got like just a thing in his ship where he's carbonizing a bunch of people I'm like I thought that was a bigger deal yeah I don't know but Could be. So. like I said I get set on one little thing and it threw me and I was like I was just chewing on that like through the whole episode really? until, I, I let well, it go we I got, think it didn't bother me whatsoever until we got to the point with the IG-11 and that was pretty good. That was great. That it was, was really cool to see. How many guys were in there, though? They were shooting people yeah. for like five minutes. I'm <laughs> oh, like, holy yeah, crap, they yeah. just kept coming. And it was funny because he's like, okay, I'll just self-destruct. Drug down. He's like, don't self-destruct. Quit it. But yeah. All right, episode two. I really liked episode two. It was very two. good as well. Okay, so here's my thing with episode two. It's not really a problem, but I, I felt like episode two was pure... Fan service and filler. Pretty much. Pretty much. For 30 minutes. You know, I mean, essentially, he's got his bounty, and he needs to get the hell off the planet. And so the whole 30 minutes is him trying to get off this planet. And, you know, it's throwing in almost every other goofy Star Wars thing it can't find. You know, between Jawas and, you know, Bosque-looking things and whatever the hell else. And, you know, there's more humor in Episode 2, I think, than Number 1. Oh, yeah. I found it very funny. I found it enjoyable, but... My thing was is that I felt like there's there's so much for the fans in this one that I was like, if I'm not a Star Wars fan, I don't know that I'd like this. You know, it wouldn't convert me, I don't I think, think necessarily. But yeah, as a Star really Wars fan for the diehard. That's right. As a fan, yeah, I thought it was very fun and enjoyable, but I don't know that it was it, to me it just felt like almost I think a filler type of thing. Because if you wanna if you wanna do like so that Okay, so the sand crawler when when he's chasing him and crawling up on that thing. Yeah. So first of all, do you guys remember like that? It might have been like a Super Nintendo game or whatever. Yeah, like Star Wars. That. We, we had to crawl. We had to, we had to, we had to the whole thing. Yeah. Jump across. Like that reminded me of that. <laughs> was like, it the sail like, barge or something? No, it was, it was a sand crawler. It was a Star Wars like Super Nintendo. I, I remember game. the game. I just didn't remember. But it was there actually was, a sand crawler. Okay. There was a level where you had to like jump. Yeah, I remember through the sand. It was like a platform jump. Yeah, yeah. And like that reminded me of that. And then as soon as he hit that part where he's like hanging on and they. They drive it right into the rocks. Yeah. I was like, Indiana Jones. Uh, exactly. I was yeah. like, bam, it's a tank. Well, here's my question. Okay, so he's climbing up this thing, and they're, like, dropping all sorts of weird stuff on him to knock him right. off. Then he finally gets to the top, and, and they, they, like, have all these him. weapons I that know. they shoot him with. It's like, 
Why didn't you shoot him with that like five I minutes know, ago? I don't you know. could have avoided well, this whole thing. Well, that makes sense because I didn't think of it in that aspect. I was just like, he got up there. It is. I'm like, what did he think was going to happen when he got to the top? There were like don't eight, know. eight of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they're all funny. there. I, I don't care how stupid it was. I mean, quite frankly, it was hilarious. It was entertaining, but yeah. <laughs> I thought, logically, it was pretty. It was I thought crazy. that it was good. I thought that it was good because of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the whole Jawa. Did you was see that? Was that yours or was that strong? Oh, it's Strom's, okay. but did it still cracks that? me up. And actually, when I got my commission from Strom, I said... Hey, can I take a picture of that one? <laughs> and he's like, oh, sure. So, like, I walked by the table, and I hadn't seen the episode yet. And oh, I walked yeah. by, and I saw it, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and he's like, haven't you seen The Mandalorian yet? I'm like, well, the first one. He goes, well, I just ruined the second episode. You didn't really ruin it. No, didn't no. really. But... but the whole time, I'm waiting to figure out what the hell he drew. <laughs> what he drew? Like, like, how yeah. does this play in? How does it play in? And then when they cut that thing open, and they're all like, yeah, I pull that thing out. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I did like it. Um, and one of the things that I thought was was gonna really bother me, which didn't, I let it go, was the thing. Was, well, yeah, but it was the fact that like the the baby is like a Yoda. Oh uh, yes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, of course he's going to be in the Force. And like, yeah. Is every and of course, Yoda going to be in the Force? Yeah. Well, we don't know like, what race whatever. Yoda is, but apparently they're Force sensitive. Right. Appears that they all are, I guess. I don't know. So. I don't know. But no, I, I did like the second episode. It, it was a lot of fun. It was. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see where the thing goes from, from there, you know, and things. I, well, I, I like the fact that it, it's. I actually like this little week week between, and that they didn't drop everything at once. In a lot yeah, of it makes you kind of savor a little bit. Yeah, and kind of think Not about me. it there or whatever right. else. You want to have them all at once? Huh? Boom, 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 boom. I don't know. I kind of like. Well, this. I was when I was on um, the Comcast the podcast, they were saying, which I mean, obviously it doesn't take genius, but they're like, that was really smart that they did release it once a week because then they give away like a seven day free trial or whatever oh yeah, yeah then people can't just binge the whole, binge the whole thing it. and then drop it yeah. so I mean from a business model standpoint it does make a little bit of oh, sense yeah. so I told someone just wait till they're all out there and then, then, you then start your free That's trial right. exactly right. right Yeah, but by that time you are be way behind I mean you're, yeah. it'll be two months later you know type stuff correct spoilers all over hell the damn memes with baby Yoda are all over the place so yeah. you know there's that difference there of, of yeah, things, you know. Absolutely. But I mean, is there gonna? Is that it? I mean, is like that their big thing? What's knows, gonna be Tom? there after Mandalorian? Uh, they got Anything? a bunch of Marvel. Oh, they've got a lot of Marvel stuff like planned for next one, year. Like the uh, but you are right. After that eight week Falcon period, I don't know that they necessarily have something that's starting up right away. You know, at the right. boom. You know, at the beginning of January. Well, then you I'm start not watching sure. High School Musical the musical. No, I don't. High School. But they do the have a lot of Marvel com content coming next year. You know, between the WandaVision, the Loki, whatever, uh, the what Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. whatever. So. I think a Rise of Skywalker hits Disney Plus. The same day it's a theater. Sweet, sure. yeah. Pretty sure. Not. Gonna Hell, they can't even that, put. Dude. They can't even have Last Jedi on there. So. <laughs> That's because they gave it to Netflix. I know that. Oh, so and so well. like, what's the so like when I when I downloaded the app, I was just goofing around on it, looking at everything, and so they have the X Men, the animated series. Yeah. But there were like five seasons. They're missing like a season in the middle there. Are they really? I don't think so. No, they are. Okay. Are they? 
Because my wife was like really excited about that one, so we actually started watching some of that. Man, that thing is so eighties and oh, I know. But that's what everybody remembers. Like that's how a lot of people got into that. Well, it's funny. I was talking to Baltimore about the X Men. He's like, well, like, because he's doing like a brood thing, and he's like, were the brood in the cartoon? I'm like, I don't know. I never watched the cartoon. I was like, what? Yeah. The cartoon was the thing. I was like, not for me, dude. I I was like in high school. I was done with cartoons. Yeah. No, I did watch the first. Um, I watched like the first season, maybe the second, but I, I... I'm sure I glanced at it, but it was not interesting to me at all. Yeah. But yeah, when I was on there looking, I... I didn't know it. it. I wasn't familiar with it at all. And we watched like the first, I don't know, three episodes or something like that. So, it was, it, I it, may it, end up watching some of that. People have fond memories of it. But it did have a season. good. It had a season missing, I think. Okay. I think you're wrong, but that's. I just hear all those people complain about The Simpsons. They put it in the stretch format. You can't even see some of the jokes, blah blah blah, <laughs> because it's not in the true four by three format that it was originally aired in. Oh, so talking about TV shows, we've huge... been watching uh, Super Dinosaur on Amazon Prime, yeah. which was the Kirkman uh, right. whatever book, and they made an animated series out of it. So the the. It's filmed like to where there's like black bars up the top, like it's letterbox, right? But it's made for TV or whatever. And then all throughout the episode, like they're breaking that, <laughs> that that like plane, like they'll, oh, okay. like they'll come out the screen and they'll be breaking out of that black those black, black bar, bars. Yeah. Awesome. It's a really cool effect. Like it makes it feel like they're breaking out of the panel kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's kind of neat. It's just a subtle little thing that they did. But I'm like, so they intentionally formatted it for a TV screen. They intentionally put black bars there, like it's letterbox, and they had it just so they could break, break it. it. Yeah, it's just well, bizarre. That was a big, not a big thing, but that was a thing when, um, well, with Dragon Ball. When I got into Dragon Ball Z, like they did, there were so many different formats. Like they would come out with a new version, and it was like the letterbox. It, you couldn't see everything because it was whatever the ratio was down, and then everybody was like, "Oh, if you watched a dubbed." If you watch the American dubbed version, you miss all this stuff, so you really have to get it in a Japanese format with the subtitles and yeah, blah, 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 all this other stuff. A bunch I mean, of purists. Yeah. A bunch of purists. But I, because it was on, um, I mean, it was on Cartoon Network. I mean, they did, because I did see some of the stuff that was the uncut stuff. Yeah. They did tone it down a little bit. Like, I think yeah. there was less blood, and there was probably, like, a little bit of swearing, like, in the original one, but... Well, it took me years to figure out what the heck, what what was with Robotech, you know, because there was like Robotech, and there was like Robotech Macross, and Robotech uh, Southern Cross, and I'm like, what is all this? Well, it turns out what Robotech was, it was actually three different series in like Japan, like they were totally unrelated, right? But then some American dude took these three series and somehow like added footage and like strung them into one long series or whatever, you know? For real. And I'm like... Oh, that's why it always never made sense. So it's just TV from Japan to here is always a little It's a little wishy washy. Especially yeah. in the eighties and nineties. I think five minutes kinda stopped doing that crap. Mm, probably so. As a format. People are too smart or there's too much information. I mean, like if you're a kid in the eighties and you're watching Robotech, you have no idea what's going on in Japan. Right. I mean Yeah. But now with the internet. Well the world's gotten go. smaller in some ways, yeah. Correct. Alright, I'm gonna stop this segment here. Uh, it only took him like five seconds to repair that ship and it looked brand new. <laughs> Just about, yeah. It was the montage scene. I know. That was going on there.
Probably just Mark ready to hear well, yeah, Eye he, of the Tiger or something started, in the background while they were Okay, guys, we stopped the segment. I moved the segment to the next thing, and you're still going back. You need to focus. Should we talk about the con? Yes, we should. All right, cool. Okay. You share some of your art you got, Scott? I will. Are you guys going to share So we went to Air Capital Comic Con this weekend, and we got all sorts of cool artwork. All my artwork's buried in a pile of books. It's all buried? I can get it out, but I'm not. Uh, but you don't want to. Okay, Scott so... Scott got a bunch of sketch covers. It looks like. I did. Oh, I had a cool. bunch of sketch covers and things. That one's pretty awesome. That is It cool. is. It is. So, okay. Before the show started, I knew I was familiar with Megan Levin's art, you know, and things. She always sits right across from me. And she's always right <laughs> over there, you know, and stuff of that nature, so... So I was like, okay, I definitely want to get something from her this year. Um, so, you know, I hit her up, like, right at the start there, pretty much, before I think the doors were, like, right after the doors opened, you know, and, and asked her, you know, uh, what her commission prices were, if she had an opening, you know, things of this nature. And we talked about, you know, kind of what I was looking for, you know, and things. Uh, I don't, I love this piece, okay? I do, I really do, you know, and things, and, and what I was asking for. The only thing I probably shouldn't have done, though, in hindsight being 2020, because you guys had so many great artists there, I probably shouldn't have just gone, boom, I want, you know, multiple characters and all this other type of stuff. I probably should have spread myself out a little bit more than uh, I did, even though I just, did, I was so excited at the time, you know, and everything, and, sure. and just to talk there. But I am definitely don't regret that or anything else. I told her, you know, I kind of wanted the indoor Leia, you know, when she was there with the... Uh, Not the outdoor Leia. So she yeah. did this at the show? She did that at the show. That's amazing. Yes. Because yes. there's a lot, like she used all the colors and oh, she was yeah. like shading and different levels. Oh, and wow. that freaking background is amazing. She's and quite a professional frankly, that, that Leia is. I'm still amazed at these artists who crank this stuff out yeah. in like just a couple hours or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so I do love that, but you you really should have had um, the Amidala in there too. Queen Amidala, yes. Then you'd have all three generations. So, are you think you think Leia's Ray's mother? Sure. That's where I was going. Well, I've always got the backside, you know. So you know, it's true. Because back next year, that's true. So I'm I'm just kidding. No, I like that idea though. Maybe so. Cool. Why stop at two when you can have three? That's right. That's right. So after that one. Uh, I went and... Oh, yes. Okay, so... Yeah, let's show this. What the heck? Of course, you almost have to raise it a little bit. Ah, I get the Jawa juice in there. Honestly. Okay, so Chris Grind. I I walk by his booth, and I see him working on that damn Ninja Turtle that he put into the uh, silent auction. auction. Uh -huh. Yes, okay? <laughs> and I see that thing that's on his desk, and I go, oh, my gosh. You know, and I'm familiar with his art, you know, from Wicked Crispy and stuff, but what he was doing right there, I thought... Wow, that is just such a great look and everything. I really think, and so I go back and I'm flipping through my sketch covers that I have that are blank. And I go, Chewbacca, I think he could really do something there. So that's when I go and I talk to you, you know, a little bit about, you know, hey, you know, I think I'm going to do this one. Or you stop me, we were talking, whatever. And you go, oh, Chris is right there, you know. So I just started chatting with him. I was like, yeah, I want that. I was like, do you charge any extra for color, this type of stuff? He's like, ah, you know, I'll, I just do it for the one flat fee, you know, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I'm right around the corner. He brings me this thing. He goes, at first, he's like funny. He's like, well, I don't know what you're going to think of this because I'm having way too much fun. I had way too much fun with it. And sometimes <laughs> when I'm having way too much fun, I don't know what the person's going to think. 
was like, oh my God, that is like great. You know, it was hilarious. And, and my son absolutely loves this. And, you know, my daughter, my oldest, you know, that's there in Michigan. And I send her a picture and she's like, oh my God, that's so cute. You know, type things. But uh, yeah, all my kids loved it. Everybody, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I am so happy with this one in general. He just knocked that out of the park. And uh, <laughs> he's funny. I mean, he's just so... Chris, in general, is just kind of quiet, you know, yeah. in some cases there, and kind of a little bit more stone-faced, but I was like, oh, my God, that thing is just amazing, and he cranked that out quick. Yeah. I mean, he had that Chris done in probably, it was definitely less than two hours. I'm thinking it may have been an hour, you know, that he had that thing done. What was he doing? One year at Comic-Con, he was just doing, like, uh, like fat superheroes or something. Do you remember yeah. that? Where he, what was it called? Like, I don't remember, but I know. You're but he was just doing superheroes as, like, these overweight, like, weird, like, you know, he had like a name for it or whatever. That was his whole shtick, like the whole weekend the whole at like Planet Comic Con. I have no idea. Dude. All I know is that this was, thing was he next to Kyle? Yes, he, was, he Kyle. was right next to Kyle. That that was the that was the best and the worst thing that we could have done to put them together at the show because those two just feed off of each other. Do they? I mean, well, it's funny because but I mean it was in best a good way. In sure. a good way, yeah, absolutely. I think the last couple of years I've put Chris kind of on the other side of all those guys, and he's like, can I be by, like, Kyle and those guys yeah. this year? Because I feel like I never get to hang out with them. I'm like, sure, dude, we'll put you wherever you want. So but apparently no, he was feeding off that energy. Maybe. <laughs> and Kyle. I don't know. I well, just... all those guys are just, I think, I mean, I just picture him like, hey, draw this for me. And then the other one's like, hey, draw this for And, I mean, I think half the time they're just bored. So what's the story Not behind bored, his job, but... I wonder? Maybe. Is he just bored with that one too? And, well, but, and then Kyle's like, I want that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, that's what know. they do. They're like, uh, they'll draw, one of them will draw something and be like, I want that or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, that's that, a story that I can't tell on the podcast, but it happened at the Drink and Draw and it was hilarious, but they, they snatch up each other's stuff. No, oh, I believe it. I believe it. Well, okay, so I have him, I have Chris do that. So then the next day, I go back to him because. I want to get my daughter. My daughter's birthday is next week. It's on Thanksgiving. Do you want to put it on so, Facebook? Yeah, she she doesn't <laughs> even have a Facebook account. So I go by there and I tell him that. Oh, that's I've, awesome. Yeah, I, if he was familiar with Coraline, he's like, yeah, I've seen the you know the animated movie before. I was like, could you do that? You know, for my daughter, you know, type of thing. And here again, it's another one where he just did fantastic. He didn't. The background on this thing is just freaking amazing. You know, it's got that little creepiness that is there with Coraline, and he just captures the whole just cool animation of that as well with his style and everything. So, I, yeah, this will be fantastic for her, you know, and things of that nature. But, yeah, I think that the, what he what he was doing at your guys' con was just freaking insane in the and how fast he was and just going crazy. Yeah, he's pretty darn fast. Oh, yeah. I had him do some stuff for me at different shows, and I mean, yeah, it's like an hour or two later. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, it's, it's <laughs> quick. That Chewbacca was fantastic. So then I go by uh, Kelly Williams over there, and I, actually I stopped by there after, you know, while you happened to be over there, you know, and so I think it was you. Yeah, that you were right. Yeah, right over there. So I stopped by there, you know, kind of gives me a little, you know, Street cred. There you go. I know Don or something. Not, so not with Kelly. Though. So anyway, I get to talking with him. That might work to your disadvantage. Who knows? I get to talking with him, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to do something." And I, and in this case, I actually just I had no idea. I mean, I've seen some of his work. I wasn't real sure, you know, what he maybe 
was interested in whatever else. So I just brought my whole stack of sketch covers to him. I was like, hey, I want something from you. You know, I'm looking for a bust, you know, type thing. And take your pick out of any of these. And he's hilarious because he's like, oh, man, we just watched Phantom Menace last night. I'm in a Star Wars mood. He's like, this is great. You know, he's flipping through and he's like, yeah, I want to do a trooper. You know, I'll do Captain Phasma. So, you know, I don't know. I give a shout out here to him because, you know, he only charged me for a black and white. Oh, you yeah. know, he always and, adds color. Yeah, and he came around the corner and shows me this dang thing, and I'm just like, holy crap, you know, by far, this is like my wife's favorite out of the stuff that I got, oh, wow. you know, and things. And That's because she has taste. Uh, obviously, but Kelly yes. Williams. But yeah, he just is fantastic. <laughs> and it was kind of cool because uh, well, when I met him over there, you know, he had like that sweater on or something like this, and then when he came around, he's like wandering around. Maybe he was just looking to see where I was at or something like this. He wasn't quite done yet. And he, he has that off, and he's got a couple of those tattoos, and you know, two of them right away are Star Wars ones. You know, one of them is the same one I have, you know, a Mandalorian yeah. symbol. So I was like, dude, is that a Mandalorian symbol? I was like, hey, I got one too, you know, or whatever. And then he, uh, he has this really cool rebel uh, symbol with Leia on it, in it there. And so I asked him about that one, and he's got a cool story behind that, you know, and stuff. So I was like, yeah, kind of that little bit of a connection there type thing. So it was kind of cool. And then he brings that across, and I'm just like, holy shit. That just blew me away as well. He's a so, big Star Wars guy yeah yeah well, so, all of them are so another ones. one that just you know uh pleases punch with there and, and cool. uh, yeah just it <laughs> totally shocked me you know with what what they come up with and then so the last one then that i got was kyle strom there and uh i talked with him and you know, yeah so here again the same type of thing i went up to him and i said hey what do you want to do you know i got this stack you know different stuff here i'd like to get something from you and uh I was like, in fact, knowing Kyle and some of his, you know, art style, you know, and things that he's got, I didn't want him to feel pigeonholed that, you know, he had to draw Han Solo or something like this, you know, or whatever else. Because most of the covers that I had left were like Solo, Lando, Princess Leia, Vader, I don't sure. know, you know, these type of things. I was like, honestly, you can draw whatever the heck that you want that fits more into your style. If it's a droid or a creature or something like yeah. this. He goes, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, I, I want to do a droid. So he took the solo one and and he did the IG88 you know type thing there. He goes, I do IG11, but I don't know what, what the differences are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Mandalorian kick. So uh, I really uh, like that one. That oh yeah, awesome. just I, a, I just don't see that many commissions by Kyle. So it's kind of yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It was really neat. And I mean, here's the thing though, with their attention, you know, some details and stuff. You know, when he, however he splattered, you know, with the white, you know, and things, he got it all the way up into the title and stuff. You know, yeah. type things. So it just kind of makes it flow with everything else, you know, type things in there. It's that extra little thing that, at least to me, just kind of adds to it. And I thought, oh, that just really makes it strike like it's, you know, almost a real cover, you know, true printed type of thing, you know, in a lot of ways. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I really, really like what he did there. Huh. Yeah, yeah I like that one. And then the... The final one. Well, yeah, final type of thing. Now, this is a print, okay. actually. But what I... What, original? Well, what my wife bought is she bought the original art for the Boba Fett okay. that he had. And he had that one out there. Well, that's a Christmas gift to me, even though I know what it is type of thing. But he was basically, hey, you buy any of his original Who? art. Who's art? Oh, this is Andy Parks. Sorry. Andy Parks. Okay. Andy Parks, who was across from me there. But so, because Andy's, Andy's right there across from me, and uh, I'm looking over there, and he's got this, you know, two displays, a Black Panther and a Boba Fett. Yeah. I was like, so I go up there, and I was like, is that Boba Fett? Is that the original? And he goes, yeah. It's like, how much are you wanting for that? 
100 bucks. I'm like, really? So I go back and tell the wife that, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to go buy that for you for Christmas. So she goes over there, you know, she buys it, and I guess for buying that, he's like, yeah, you can have any print that you want for, for free then. And so we chose this one because I happen to have, you know, a couple of other Vaders on my wall, you know, and stuff. So I thought his style, you know, to go with some of those other ones that I had, uh, I'd take that, you know, from a print perspective. But, yeah, I have the original art then for the, for the Boba Fett that he did as well. I think he did Star Wars for his Inktober. I think that's probably an October thing. Maybe. It may be. He had several mm -hmm. different other Star Wars I think, things. In I there think that's what he was he doing had. for October. I could be wrong, but I think that's what he was doing. For Both October. this Vader and that Boba Fett is, are really, really nice. Uh, you know, type of. I don't know. It, it seemed. It was hard for me to tell, but it almost seemed a little different from what I've seen uh, the other work that he had you know and stuff too he doesn't so. usually do a lot of i mean he's more mostly an inker and a writer he doesn't do a lot of pencilling really well this is inktober sir i understand but i mean he usually inks over other people's stuff is what i'm saying i got you a lot of the a lot of real inkers can draw Yes, can draw. They're actual artists. Well, no, yeah. I agree. I'm just no, yeah, I know. Cool I'm just saying stuff. There's the Boba Fett that I got the uh, original cool. art on. Nice. But yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. thank God we bought it like at the beginning of the show because otherwise I would have been staring at it for who knows how long or whatever else. Oh, it's cool. It's happened to me so, before, man. It's with, especially when we were vending and I get set. I mean, that's how I find. I found some people was just being across from them. Like oh, I, I believe it. Like Albert, I think it was Albert Perales. You know, he does like those um, paintings, kind yeah. of. He had a big um, Iron Man one. And I'm not even an Iron Man fan. But like sitting across from that thing for like, I think it was at a Smallville one year. Just staring at it all week. And I mean, finally after like a day and a half, I just had to go over and freaking buy the damn thing. Yeah. I'm like, that thing's amazing. And I've been staring at it for a day and a half. So I need it. And like with Brian Timmons, I think the first time I ever met him was at a... Uh, free state and he had this medieval spawn you might have even been there because I think I, I, I asked you about it like I kept going I went over there like 10 times and just stared at it and then asked him and then stared at it and then asked him and then finally I like, right. finally pulled the trigger yeah I'm like okay I need to have that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but, uh, but yeah I know what you're saying man because it's happened to me a lot yeah yeah mm -hmm. you see that stuff and you're just like oh okay although I didn't wait that long I mean like I said oh yeah we I probably asked him how much he wanted for it within the first two hours of the show. And right. Then Brandy went and bought it, you know, right afterwards. So, but she had been eyeing it though too, because she's like, "I really like that," you know. She's like, "How much does he want for it?" I was like, "I don't know. I'll go ask him." So, that type of thing. So it, it was really good. Yeah. The cool. like I said, I got I, the first time I even asked for a commission for anybody was last year at your guys' show. What was that? Yeah, that was Greg Smallwood who did a bowl of that for me. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And so I got that. And then, you know, at Planet, you know, I, I went and I got one from Olivia Coppel uh, there. Coppel. But anyway, much past that, you know, I don't have that many, you know, actual commissions that I've, you know. But now you're. Now so you're then, close. you know, it was kind of you're that thing of just asking some of them, you know, and I wasn't real sure, like I said before, if you guys show this year, how many I was even going to get. Sure. A lot of it was kind of dependent on how my booth was doing, probably sure. in general, you know, just recycling that <laughs> that type Cash. of stuff in different ways. 
you know, I think the only one that other one that I had really been looking at was probably Aaron Connolly, but uh, didn't get around to that one. So anti stuff. You ain't cheap. No, I know, I know. So, but that's the thing, though. I mean, it's not that bad, though, either. If you yeah, Aaron Connolly's awesome. Too. I love his exactly stuff right. So much. I'm very very happy though with the ones that I got, and like I said, it seemed to me that every one of these freaking artists, you know, just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, you know, really. I mean. I they mean, were enjoying it. It was kind of that Star Wars thing. It seemed like dang near every one of them, thanks to the Mandalorian or whatever else, were almost in the Star Wars mood of things. So they were uh, they were all loving the opportunity. It just seemed like every one of them was having fun. Sure. Go for it. So I got my Gru from that is Matt really Allison. Yeah. I, I love the Gru. I love the Gru. You love the Gru? I love the Matt Allison. And then I got this cool... Who's on there with Barbara us. and Bill. Oh. And then I got the I got an Aaron Conley piece. Yes, that thing is pretty it, it won't fit on the screen. But it's a venom. And then I don't know. Just because of that is just incredible. Yeah. You'll have to tell me how much that one was at some point. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how much it was. I paid for that. You paid for that? You did not. Um, this one, so I got a Scud. Nobody, a lot of people know who Scud is, so that's by Brian Timmons. And then I got a Death's Head by, uh, uh, DeMont. Yeah, DeMont. But, I don't, I got some cool original artwork, too. But I got, well, I'll give Buster Moody some love, so I got the Buster Moody. I see that you got that, yeah. The original art for our t-shirt. Wow. Which, that's pretty awesome. You let him have that? He always buys the original art, and this time Buster just gave it to us. Okay. And then this one, just because of, like, we really can't get it there, but... You're going to knock over the beers, man. But, uh... I told him not to There we that. go. But just because of the... Honestly, this is probably my favorite the thing two, that you got, just because of the fact that the two artists, you know, kind of that right. old so school... It's, yeah, so it's Bob Hall, and it's, uh, um... Pat Broderick. Pat Broderick. Because Bob and, Hall did Emperor Doom and Pat Broderick right. did Doom 2099. Yeah. And so it was funny. So when I was talking to... There was a little... Uh, there was a little back and forth. There was some finagling. There was some... Um, what do you call it? Haggling. Haggling. Some negotiation. But uh, some ne negotiation going from table to table with those two. It was funny because when I, when I talked to Bob Hall, I was like, yeah, you did Emperor Doom, so I'd like to get a Doctor Doom. And he's like, okay, so... Basically, it's just Doctor Doom, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's basically just Doctor Doom, but you draw it, <laughs> and then I'm gonna have Pat Broderick do the Doom 2099, and he's like, okay, so it's just the regular Doom, and I'm like, yes, just the regular Doom. <laughs> but that was funny. But I don't know. I mean, I kept going back and forth whether I was gonna do it or not, and but just because those two, I mean, I'll probably never beat another convention where Pat Broderick and, and Bob, Bob Hall, Hall are at the same convention and oh, yeah. can do that piece at the same show. So. Yeah, I know. That. And it was really nice because, you know, I didn't even think about it because I kind of explained to, to each one of them what I wanted and then Bob's like, well, you need to find out because one of us really needs to lay it out, at least just loosely, just so we can get an idea. And he's like, I don't mind doing that. So, like, Bob Hall did the layout for the emperor doing or for the 2099 but it was yeah it was cool because it wouldn't have been the same if like i'd seen one of them at one show and then another one at the sure. other show because they wouldn't have been able to really collaborate or whatever but anyway i mean i got um some other stuff i got some pages and but 
No, I had a good time. It was just I ran out of time. It's or it was weird because that I actually went and picked up another sketchbook so that I could have them floating around more. Yeah. And it seemed like on Saturday I just didn't even have time to really do anything or on get Saturday? anything out there. Yeah, and then it was Sunday and before I really got anything going. But uh no, I was I got plenty of stuff, that's for sure. I felt that way a little bit more on Saturday. I mean, and I think some of it was just because of who I had helping me at my booth. You know, right. on Saturday morning, my wife was there. And then Saturday afternoon, it was my son who, well, I, I appreciate him being there. He has, like, no desire to be there and whatever else. So, <laughs> right. so leaving him was a little bit more, you know, I don't want to leave him for long periods of time. It's more of the bathroom breaks and whatever else. Yeah. Whereas even if my wife is miserable, she at least puts on a good face you know so it's that type of thing i suppose so i just felt like on sunday when she was there the whole day with me i had a little bit more freedom to yeah, yeah. and plus it was a little bit slower i think on sunday it seemed like yeah it's a little more like so that. i mean you really you end up having like the one there's like this period of time between like one and to two or maybe from like noon to two maybe where it's a little bit more of an increase you know, maybe traffic flow, but other than that, it tends to be a little bit slower, so it gives me more yeah. opportunity to go out, and plus the artists that were out there shooting cool too, so I was like, hey, right. you want to do this, whatever. Well, yeah, but I wasn't sure how, you know, if any of them, you know, because then it's a little bit of reduction of time, so I wasn't sure how quickly some of these guys could do it either, but, you know, between, uh, I got one from Chris, Kelly Williams, and uh, Kyle, you know, all that day, and shit, every one of them, got that crap done within probably two hours. So, and hell, I like I said, Kelly Williams was wandering around as well. So, you know, still got that done. And I still can't believe that. I mean, I look at that thing and go, Jesus Christ, that thing's freaking amazing. How the hell did he get that thing done in like under two hours or whatever? He's so fast. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I got a, a Matt Allison's uh, shadow in my sketchbook. And that's a funny story too, because like I was talking to him on Saturday and I was talking to him about um, that page I bought a page of art from him and I was asking him how much he'd want for it and then a shirt and then I was asking him like what his prices were on sketches yeah and um, he told me and I was like uh, okay that sounds great I need to get one but I knew he was leaving early and I didn't want to hammer him because I knew he was working on your piece and so I I asked him I mean I probably gave that sketchbook to him like around noon yeah. And he left at like three. It might have even been later than noon. And I asked him, like, are you sure you're going to have time? Cause I don't, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should have time. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, and the thing of it, too, is, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Well, that's so funny because he had said that you had talked about doing the shadow. He's like, oh, I don't really like to do hats. Right. And, and then I, I saw him doing it. I was like, I thought you like to do hats. He's like, as long as I can, like, black them all in, it's fine. I just don't want right. to draw, like, the creases well, and stuff. You're yeah, right. it was funny because he had asked, he had asked, like, um, I don't even know if you want to, but anyway, he'd asked like what I wanted and I was like, well, I could do one of three things and, and the shadow was one of them and that's what he, he said that and then I was like, well, hey man, whatever and then when I walked by, I think it was Saturday, he was already like almost halfway done with the Gru and I walked by and I go, oh, so you picked Gru. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he goes, I started doodling around with it and I really liked it. He goes, so I just went with it and I'm like, sweet. Well, it's funny, I told him, you know, he did a Nexus for me a while back, and I, and I said, well, why don't you do, like, a Dreadstar, because that'll kind of, that's the first comics, you know? Yeah. He's like, all right, and he starts kind of laying it out, and he's doing, like, he's, like, looking up pictures, and he's like, well, who's this guy? And I was like, well, that's, like, Sizzgy Darklock. He's like, 
well, this is way more in my style. I mean, Dreadstar is just a dude. I'm like, dude, if you want to do Siski Dark Log, go for it. He'd already like penciled. I was like, but you already started. He's like, it's fine. It's just rough pencils. I'll just do Siski Dark Log. I'd much rather do that. I'm like, sweet dude, do whatever you want. So another kind of funny con story. I was watching. That's always funny though, too. To, I mean, not to interrupt there too much, but. I always find it so much better too if they say, "Hey, this is you know what I want to do." Yeah, yeah. Well, this was the first show time. where a lot of times I'm like, "I just want to get something from you. Do whatever you want." Like yeah, with Pat yeah. Broderick, I'm like, "Well, what do you want to draw?" Yeah. And I was like, "Do you want to do like Green Lantern? Do you want to do?" Because I wanted to get something from him because right. he's at the show. He's like, "Would you like Swamp Thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I like Swamp Thing." He's like, "I'll do a Swamp Thing." I actually had a run on Swamp Thing. I'm like, "You did? I don't remember that." Yeah, but I don't either. He's just not. I just didn't think of him for that. And, right. You know, and like Chris Grind, I'm like, "Ah, do whatever, man. Just." If you like man, if you're into Mandalorian, do a Mandalorian. You know? Yeah. So he did like a really cool thing. Well, the one thing I wanted to say was like, you know, it, it still blows my mind. Like it amazes me. But it's like, you know, we've talked, you know, and if you listen to Jim Rugg or like Kate Cartoonist Kate Faber, like there's a saying, you know, you draw your first ten thousand drawings are crap, and then they finally start looking good. I mean, it's repetition. It's, I mean, mm, it, that's, that's I mean, it's what they do. I mean, I'm not discounting it because it is amazing and it yeah. is a talent, but it's what they do. And I mean, in order to make money or make a living, especially if you're on a book, I mean, you have to figure out a way to get fast. Sure. And so, I mean, yes, it, it blows our mind. It blows my mind. It blows everybody's mind. But I mean, it's but a skill. But to your point, too, it's if it's something that they're familiar with and whatever else, too, that makes it a little bit better because... To your point of the skill, you know, and stuff. Hey, I, they've done it for a while. They're, yeah. They're very familiar with it. They can do that fast, especially for something at a con yeah. where they just can't sit there at their table, you know, and have, you know, weeks or whatever else to do right. it. Right. You know, type stuff. Yeah, it is a very good point on a lot of that. But with the with the um, the story, so, like, Buster Moody had John Lucas do a cable for him. Uh-huh. And uh, my cables, and John Lucas, like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't oh, did he say that? Really? And someone's like, yeah, just draw like some dude who's like half machine and half, you know, so, human. Like, mean, All right, I guess Terminator? that's what I'll draw. <laughs> I walked by, I walked by John's booth and it was, it was mid-afternoon on Sunday and I saw him and he's going really, he's going really quick on this thing, right? Like, yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I said, oh, is that for Buster? <laughs> he's like, Yeah. He goes, I don't know, man. I started this thing and stopped it like three times. He's like, I really got to get this thing done. Because he was going fast. And I'm like, are you going fast because you're in a hurry? Are you going fast? You know, I was like, yeah. why? And he's like, yeah, yeah, man. I, I dropped the ball. Like, I restarted. I did it like three times. And I really got to get this thing done. I'm under the gun. And so then later on, I was walking by and Buster was at his table. And he had the piece. And uh, he was showing it to like Aaron Conley and whoever else was around or whatever. And um, he goes, yeah. And this he he did a different one too that he didn't like, so he started it over. And Buster pulls it out, and it was like a half drawn, whatever. And he goes, he was just gonna throw this away. <laughs> like, I grabbed that thing super fast because John Lucas was just gonna throw it away. Get rid of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like no, I'll take that. It's just, it's funny, and then it's cool too. Like I mean. You know, obviously, like, the thing that really hit me was, like, uh, Aaron Conley posted a thing on Facebook today where Kevin Nolan Nolan had tweeted or or whatever on Twitter, and and he was gushing about it. And I'm like, dude, they're just like us with each other. Yeah. It's it's insane. Aaron Conley 
Got something from Kevin Nolan. Yeah, so okay. Kevin Nolan tweeted something about how he met Aaron Conley and loved his stuff. And oh, really? Kevin Nolan like, did that? He yeah, bought like okay. a shirt from Aaron Conley and got like his book and got it signed. And oh, Aaron Conley cool. was like a big fan of Kevin Nolan, so he thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of cool that Kevin Nolan was like giving Aaron Conley. Aaron Conley, yeah. I took the picture because Kevin oh, and Aaron you? were like, Dude, can you take? I want to get a picture with you. And he's like, Drew, can you take the picture? Because I was standing there. Like, sure. So I took yeah. one for Kevin. I took one for Aaron. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, uh, I wanted to get some from Stephen Green, you know. So I'm going. And I'm talking to him. I'm like, well, what do you want to draw? And I'm like, he's like, well, what do you like? And I'm like, or I was like, well, what do you like? You know. And he's like, Jesus. I'm like, I don't know, because I read everything. You. you know what I mean? Oh, like, I just you, wanted yeah, to get right? like yeah. something from him. And I'm like, he's like, well, my favorite things to draw are like. Uh, Pellboy, you know, cause he, and he's like, and I really like to draw Lone Wolf and Cub. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Do a Lone Wolf and Cub, you know. That'd be pretty cool. I like Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. And we started talking about Lone Wolf and Cub and everything. But before that, he, he was like, you know, I, I was like, I was like, you know, I see a lot of really cool commissions come across like Instagram and Facebook. And it always seems like the Akira commissions are really awesome and the Dark Knight Returns commissions are really awesome. So I think I should just get Akira and Dark Knight Returns commissions because they're always awesome. He's like, yeah, if you get artists to draw stuff they love to draw, you know, it's always turns out better or whatever, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. he was showing me that Hellboy print he had, and he was like, yeah, the guy just played for like a single figure, but I th did all the background just because I love drawing like oh, Hellboy yeah. or whatever. It's like they'll so. do that sometimes too. Yeah. Like he said, oh, I was having so much fun with it with Grind. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But uh, and then I the next day I'm like, well. Because it was pretty reasonable, you know, because he's like, well, how much you want to spend? And I said, he's like, because however much you spend, that's how much detail I'll put in. You know? If you want to spend more, I'll put more detail. If you want to spend less, I'll put less detail. I'm like, well, that's cool. Give me so an example of a thousand So I just gave him a price, detail. and that's what he did. And I was like, that's cool. And it was fairly reasonable. So I was like, you know, it's Stephen Green. He loves to draw Hellboy, and he has done Hellboy. I'm like, dude, I'm going to have him just draw Hellboy in my sketchbook. So I did. Sunday, I, I, I saw that one. A Hellboy. But yeah, it was a... Uh, it was good. Um, that's always cool. I was pretty laid back on most of my like sketchbook sketches and other stuff, but then I was kind of I had my jam piece I was trying to get done. Right. Which that thing almost did itself. So like I had I contacted Buster a couple weeks ago and I said, yeah, I want to do like this jam piece. I kind of gave him like an idea of how I wanted the characters kind of laid out. You know, they were all kind of coming up the page and kind of coming out from the sides or whatever. You know, and I was like, yeah, I want to do like a image thing. You know, he's like. I was like, you know, I gave him the characters, and he's like, well, which one do you want me to draw? And I'm like, well, you could probably do Shaft, because he's, like, in the front. He's like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool, you know. And so he did, sh so he's, like, did the Shafts and laid out the rest. And so I talked to him, like, Saturday morning. He's like, yeah, I drew Shaft too big, so I got to redo it. I'm like, all right, dude, fine. The idea was for you to have it done, so I can start getting start it Start getting it, yeah. He's like, it's yeah. cool, it's cool, whatever, dude. And so... And so he's doing, he's like, and then Aaron saw him drawing. He's like, yeah, Aaron wants to get in on this. I'm like, sweet, just hand it to Aaron when you're done, you know. And then Aaron does this awesome, like, Savage Dragon. I'm like, yeah, holy crap. And then they're like, yeah, Baltimore wants to do, like, a Rip Claw. And I'm like, sweet, dude, just hand it to just Baltimore. Keep on going. <laughs> he can do Rip Claw, you know. Right. And then Baltimore, he's like, yeah, you should get Jake to do Shadowhawk. I'm like, sweet, have Jake do Shadowhawk. <laughs> this thing is just finishing no itself. No kidding, it really point. was. Then. That yeah. happened to me. That happens sometimes because, like, like I said, they all kind of dig each other. But, yeah, like, one, it was, like, a couple years ago, I had one of my, the jam pieces where I do the squares. And, like, one of them would do it. And they would see the guy working on it, like, what's that? And then yeah. they'd, like, be like, and I've done the same thing. I'm like, just pass it down the line, dude. That's and, like, right, I dude. have, like 
Andy Parks, like Phil yeah, Hester, exactly. like skip, all these guys. Skip people on like, it. Bam, just do it, guys. I love all you guys' work. That's why you're at the show, so just keep on passing along. But, uh, Heck yeah. Yeah, if I had one, like, usually I don't really have a con regret, but man, that Isaac Crawford guy. Yeah. I, I, if I'd have been sitting across from him, I would have spent a ton of money like that show, because I walked right. by like two or three times, and he had that Hellboy commission out. Oh, yeah. That he had done, I really wish I would have bought that damn thing. But uh, well, if I would have sent it across from I'm, Chris, I would have been just been I'm pretty kept sure. throwing freaking money at him. Oh, do this, do this. I'm hoping I'm gonna see that guy around some more because yeah, uh, his stuff is really good. Were most of those guys up from KC then? A lot of them were, yeah. Okay, that's where we draw a lot of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of the guys him. like around under the balcony were kind of from KC. KC. So yeah. Baltimore's Kansas Baltimore's KC, okay. Kyle's KC, Chris's KC, Al Buster. And, Aaron uh, Conley? Aaron Conley's not. He's out of Tampa. We flew him. Okay, you flew him. Oh, him and, Pat, him and the Brodericks live in the same town. They do. They're both from Tampa. I have okay. two people flying from Tampa. But, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And Allison's in Chicago. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Stephen Green's now in Portland, which is like super comic book town. Yeah. Oh, he's up in Portland. Yeah, he was oh. in Savannah when I contacted him, but I guess he just he just moved to Portland he, like a week ago. He sounds like he's from Savannah. Yeah, he's got that kind of cool Georgia. <laughs> he's got the he's got that southern, southern accent. He was fun to talk to. He had a pretty cool <laughs> he was. accent. Um, yeah. Cool. Oh, so I want to tell my Billson. Well, nah, probably not. Cause there's right. not much story to it, but okay. I thought it was great. You thought it was great. Thought it was great. All right, let's... when someone else tells it, it was awesome. Are we done with the con, I guess? Sure. Stories? All right. <laughs> All right, so we should probably do some you comic and your, book you and your All right, Don, what did you, what did you read? My right. silly art. So I want to talk about this, because I have a cool story with it, too. Okay. Cool story with it, too. So I got, Evo I got Evo Animosity Evolution. What did you think of this? I liked uh, it, and I want to read... I want to read Animosity now. Okay. Um... So there's so I was hanging out at Eric. I was going through Eric Gapster's artwork. Yeah. We were, well, Scott was hanging out with me, and we were going through his original pages, and he had this animosity thing, and I was like, "What is that?" And he's I, like, I go, "What is this?" I go, I've "Here you never, go." I go, "I've never read animosity," and he goes, "Well, you have now." That's right. <laughs> he well, slapped here you down go the, now. He slapped down the two trades, and he goes, "Here you go." Nice. <laughs> Dang. But, uh, so yeah, so this is a spinoff of Animosity, I guess. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is a 10-issue series, I think, because there's two trades. But basically, the story of Animosity is, well, the way it's set up in this, there's like something that happens, and all of the animals become like, they can speak, they can read, they, they like, they're all... And there's like I guess a war with like humans and animals, hmm. and because now and then it's all, well at least in this one little town that they're in that the story takes place in. Yeah. Like they're trying to like they're building a a society, and there's like billions of animals because it's down to like insects and mice. And really. Everything, and so. There start there. There's not enough food for everybody, which is weird. But so like, you know, they have like uh, well, because they have like laws yeah. and they have stuff like you can't kill animals. That's right. I mean, that's right. Probably right. causing part of your food <laughs> exactly. Shortage. But there's um, a little thing called the food chain. Right. But there's also this um, 
There's also this uh, weird law, well, not a weird law, but there's this law that they have that now basically it's flip-flopped so that if humans are walking around, they have to have an animal with them. Hmm. That's kind of like their, like, that's how they can like walk around. Like spirit animal, huh? Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I just for them mean. to exist, they have to have an animal. Like, they can't just walk around on their own. Um, so it kind of keeps them under wraps. And there's not that many humans, I guess. But uh, Really? So then there's this other thing. Well, yeah, cause there's just like, because there's, like, I think... in this town, though, right? Right. Well, wherever the story takes place. I okay. think if I had read, if I'm up on animosity, like, it would make a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, it was it this, still worked as as far as like the that how the outside world works because this is like one little kind of mi microcosm like in this universe is the way I get it. Hmm. Like I follow the story, but it it starts you out feel as like, like there was something missing there. Maybe it starts out as like day whatever two weeks after this event happened and four weeks after this event happened or mm -hmm. whatever but okay. then they, they get into this thing where they're starting to the, this character i can't remember its name it's the wolf character but he's he or she is kind of the leader of this town like she's trying to like he or she is trying to like bring this community together and then they've started um uh i guess using um mechanical parts for like mm. for like animals like if they get hurt or whatever like they, they're using cyborg like cyborg, dogs? cyborg animals or whatever wow but, that sounds cool but um yeah it's really cool and uh, eric gapster does all the artwork in it he's he's penciling inking he didn't color it but penciled and inked um but uh, yeah, the art's cool, and like I said, I've only read the first half of it. There's another trade, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. It's kind of cool. It was like something different. But mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, I am now interested in reading. Have you read that at all? The I animosity. Any animosity? Because okay. it is an interesting story. But mm. I enjoyed it. Cool. So that's good. It looks yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, since we're doing con books, I read. Musical Mishaps of Cat and Fiddle, issues one through six by Isaac Crawford. Yeah. I haven't read those yet, but I read the other stuff that I bought by Isaac oh, Crawford. That's ironic. I know, right? We should have coordinated. We should have. Um, so this is six issues. It's a complete kind of story. Hmm. It's a weird little book. It's very, uh, it's very unique. So it starts out with this girl. She's like a violinist, and she's blind. And there's like this baker's... Baker's son, who kind of has a crush on her, and she lives with her, like, father, and he's always kind of nagging her or whatever. But she really wants to try out for, like, the orchestra and all that stuff. So she goes to try out, and there's a lot of rats in town. Like, it's kind of like in the, it's like in the, I don't know, 1800s or something? I'm not sure what time period it's set in. But anyway, there's a lot of rat infestation in the town. But anyway, she goes to try out. Well, for some reason, the way she plays this guy listening really likes it, but it turns out he's like the Rat King or some kind of evil sort of transforming guy, and he's like having the rats like take over and turning the kids into rats in the town, and so somehow she becomes, so basically it turns out like her father like got with a fairy and that she's like the progeny of like half human, half fairy, mm. and so when she was born, she was actually a cat, and so they, uh, in order to turn into a human for some reason they had to remove one of her eyes and that's why she's blind as a human that turns her into a human but her natural state is a cat so somehow she gets like turned back into a cat and she finds this fiddle 
So that's, and at that point, the title of the book actually made sense, The Musical Mishaps of Cat and Fiddle, because at that point, I was like, I don't, I hadn't even read the title of the book, you know, because hmm. you buy it at a convention, you don't pay much attention to the title. Right. And so anyway, so basically, her as a cat, and she's carrying around this fiddle, she's trying to stop this, like, rat king dude from taking over the town with his rats. And she recruits other rats, or other cats, to fight the rats, and it's pretty crazy. She the art style like, reminds me of Hellboy. Yeah, it's very, it's a very Mignola yeah. uh, type influence. It's funny because it's got like that sort of uh, the story's kind of Mignola esque too, mm -hmm. with like that stuff. But then with the violin, it kind of reminds me of like Umbrella Academy, and it's kind of like a, it's sort of Gabriel Ba ish as well, you know, who's kind of a Mignola style. So huh. it's interesting. It's like he's kind of assimilated all his influences and kind yeah. of made this book, but. It was really solid. Like, I don't know how much other stuff he's done, but it felt like the story flowed really well. The cartooning was really clear. The style's cool. It's just an interesting kind of cool book. So I was very impressed with it. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. So I was at his table. Is that a self-published type of thing? Yeah, he just, okay. I think he just printed them. Do you want to read it? No, that's okay. Yeah, so um, I was at his... I still have a lot of stuff to read. And cool. I was at his slow. table and talking to him because uh, I think, I don't know if Kelly introduced me to him. Somebody did and I was like, oh, yeah, because Kelly Williams is the one that kind of recommended him to us. Yeah, I think oh, yeah? He, told us, he told him to come to our show. Yeah, and, he and so... Uh, we'd already been sold out, but I <clears throat> managed to get him in there. But, uh... So I was kind of flipping through his stuff and looking at his stuff, and I'm like... And I don't know how people react if they're going to take it the wrong way, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm... This is coming off as a compliment, I said, but you're coming off... Your artwork is very Mignola-esque to me. Like, I see a lot of Mignola in it. And, of course, um, Brad Vop was there. Cause he, I think it was Friday on was. set up. And they were kind of close to each other. And, and he goes, well, I'd, he's like, I'd, that'd be awesome if somebody, you know, compared me to somebody like Mignola. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. You, you never know. know. You don't want to say, like, you don't want to say, like, Mike Mignola. Right. And he's like, what's you're going to you? Original. Right. But it, 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 it was meant as a compliment. But, sure, But sure. it is. And I, I see read, the influence. And, it's not quite. Right. It's different. No, but, but yeah. there is an influence. And yeah. as I read this, which I can't. So this is a trade. It's called Seven Dwarfs and Some Odd Tales. Yeah. Guess how much that is? Five bucks. Yeah, it's five bucks. That's really wow. cheap. How do you do that for five dollars? It's probably like, like I don't get it. It's like insane to me. It is black and white. Well, it is. Yes, it is black and white, but it's probably 50, 60 pages. But you had you've had books printed. That's that's hard margins to make. Oh yeah, but so anyway, so this one. I mean, I walked up to his table, and I was like, I want one of everything on here as far as, like, books. So he had this, he had this trade, he had another book called The Boy and the Dragon, and I bought the six issues of The Cat and the Fiddle, or whatever it's called, because yeah. I haven't read it yet. But this one is very interesting, and this is very Mignola, it's very fairy tale. so, like, obviously it's Seven Dwarfs. So the first, hmm. the first story is the longest... And it's basically it's a it's a take on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and then um, so that's like the main bulk of the story, and then um, towards the end, and then after that, it, he has like four or five little short. Some of them are shorter, some of them are longer. But like uh, uh, there's a Red Riding Hood in there. There's like a take mm -hmm. on uh, Miss Muffet, the Spider. Oh, the Spider. Um, 
I think Black Sheep is in there. Yeah. But they're very, some of them are very, well, I mean, like, that stuff's dark and twisted anyway. It is. Well, it's kind of a grim fairy tales, yeah. Stuff. And, I mean, the the Red Riding Hood, they all have, like, a little twist on them. And, and, uh, but no, it's very good. The, The art, like you said, I mean, he's got the storytelling down. He's got the artwork down. I mean... He's, it's it's pretty it's good stuff man it really is good stuff I really enjoyed that book and then this one the other one that I got is called the boy and the dragon and that the one's and the that one's a very short like I'm gonna it read fast but um, and the cool thing about this is uh, in the back or in the front or whatever he talks about it um, he basically did this he told us this was a bedtime story that he told he just made it up and told his son and then like kept telling it to him that guy has a son he looks like he's like 12 yeah I know right he does have a son and so like this was a bedtime story that he would tell to him and then eventually he's just like okay I'll just write it out and draw it but I mean it's it's very straightforward it's just this kid who goes out and he finds a he thinks it's a rock or whatever but it's a dragon egg and he takes it home and (laughs) it hatches in his house and he grows up and he he keeps it secret. Dragon. He keeps it secret, raises the dragon, and eventually he gets big enough. He takes him out flying, and the townspeople see that it's a dragon, so they chase it off. And then as he, he gets old, and then he decides, hey, I'm going to go find my dragon. And so, like, he just goes on this quest to, like, go find this dragon. A quest for a dragon. A quest for a dragon as an old man. Um, and I'll ruin it. At the end, he sure. finds the dragon, and it's a happy reunion. The dragon's old, and he's old, and it's like two lost friends come back together. But Sounds very Shel Silverstein. I don't know what that is. That's cool. Mm. Huh? The Giving Tree. Oh, I don't you ever know read what that? that is now. So you didn't read stories to your children when they were little? I did, but I did not read them The Giving Tree. You didn't tree. read them The Giving Tree? No. Wow. But anyway, it's a cool little story. <clears throat> but yeah, I I really dig it. Like I said, it, it's it's very Mignola esque, like you said, with the way he tells stories and fairy tales and kind of um, um, God, what would you call it? Like just uh, lore, like folklore, I guess, stuff like Folk that. Folk tales. Yeah, stuff like that. But fairy yeah, tales. highly recommended. If you ever see Isaac Crawford at a show or look Buy him all up his on, stuff, like Don. Look him up on Facebook. Well, right. Order some stuff. It's it's good stuff. It really is. So, if you see him at a show, you should do what I did not do, and you should get a commission. Cool. <laughs> you did not? No, I did not. I read Rumble number 17. Are you I, Rumble? I basically picked these books. I finally made it over his table and picked up the stuff at like 4.30 on freaking Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> so, I barely had time to get his books. Um, I am buying it. I have read it. I'm caught up with the first series. Are you talking to me or Scott? I'm just waiting for you to stop talking so I can talk about it. Well, no, I thought you said, are you reading Rumble? Yeah, but then you started talking about something else. I'm not reading Rumble. I'm done with the first. I read the first series, and I read like two or three or four of the first one, but I'm way behind. But you're still buying it. I am buying it, and I will read it eventually. So I'm slightly familiar with the story. Find it highly unlikely that you'll ever read it. This is issue 17. It's a crossover with a Headlopper. It's a crossover? Crossover. Like, do you have to crossover. buy Headlopper to no, read I mean, it? No, like, it's, it's a team-up, sorry. Team-up, okay. It's called a team-up. Um, so Andrew McLean does the art on the first part of the story. Oh, cool. 
And then at some point, it changes to uh, James Heron does the art. Wow. He hasn't yeah. done the art on that book in ever. 17 issues. At least. So, yeah. So, it's pretty cool. You got some James Heron art. It's basically just like they're trapped in like some pit and they're fighting monsters. trying to. Actually, I think they get swallowed by a monster and they're trying to fight out of this living monster. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. That's basically just not much to the story, but it's got really, really cool art because Andrew McQueen does some of it. And then James Heron does the rest. Nice. It's pretty tight. It's a long time since I've seen James Heron in tears, actually. I don't even remember the last time. Well, you just read it, didn't you? you want to read it? Do you want to take it? It's good. I might sometime. Um, I won't have it back over here ever again. Um, I would like to talk about Unearth. I feel like issue four. <laughs> I mean, I can leave it here. For you to read it, you leave yeah, it. Yeah, so it's your side conversation. Yeah. Okay, sweet. That's Jesus. awesome. Okay. We're you did want to talk about Unearth because you haven't given it any love for a while. Did you get That's that not autograph? What I said at all. <laughs> I'm not getting number four autograph. You could have got it double signed. I could have. At the show. All right, so Unearth number four, I feel like this is where it turns a corner. Uh, I think it's cool. Like the big reveal. So you didn't like think one through three were cool. They were cool, but I like the twists. There's a twist in this one, or not a twist, a but twist. like they kind of explain what's been going on finally, and you get like this um, cool. Have you read any Unearth? I've read the first one. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, I won't spoil it. I've been busy, but dude. There's a cool. Did you get all your Unearth signed? <laughs> no, because four's not signed. I bought a Kyle Strong variant to number one, and I bought Baltimore's cover to number one. So I had Baltimore signed. So you have three number ones? Two. What the hell? Baltimore and Kyle Strong. Okay, okay. Well, I figured you already had another one, because I thought that the show, I thought that maybe, well, never mind. So I thought you were saying that you bought Kyle's at the show. And you no, bought I bought the Kyle the Strong okay. cover. You had already the had it. Cover. Okay, okay. I had two, so I brought both copies of number one. Okay. I was going to have Kyle sign one and Baltimore sign the other, and then I had Baltimore sign... His cover was like. And you had Kyle sign Baltimore's. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I had. I thought that's where you were going. I had Baltimore <laughs> sign his cover, and he saw, saw that I had Kyle's cover. I said, "Yeah, I'm going to have Kyle sign this one." He's like, "Well, you know, I can sign that one too because you know I did the art inside." Like, Go ahead, Baltimore. You can sign that one too. And then I just had Kyle sign the one that he did the cover, even though he technically he helped write the other one. You so I had two signatures. It? On Kyle's variant, and I have one signature on Baltimore's. <laughs> Why would you do that? Freaking awesome, dude. I'm just saying, I love that. You know, I did one, do so. the interior artwork on that, sir. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I realized that. <laughs> so you can sign it, Baltimore. You, it's you should, all good. You should get Baltimore to sign it now because you know, in five to ten years, you're going to be charging ten dollars for an autograph. So That's probably true. Baltimore now, while you can. But anyway, this one is cool. There's, it kind of starts explaining what's going on. There's a kind of a cool little twist, which I won't spoil. But you know, previously you liking been, this though? So far? yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I think this twist has kind of helped pull it together. I was talking to Kyle a little about it, and he's like, "Yeah, it's a pretty cool twist." He's like, "Yeah, we probably should have revealed that a little earlier in the series instead of making you wait till issue four. So are but Kyle and Colin kind of. They're co-writing it, it in yeah. Some way? They're co-writing it, and then Baltimore's okay. doing the art. The art, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so I just wasn't sure how the, easiest, the, the Kyle Cullen split of writing was both coming writing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The easiest part of the creative process is the writing, and it's taking two of them to do it. <laughs> and they just dump creepy. everything on the ball. Baltimore <laughs> for the, the, the draw. Sounds about right. But ball, no, it, 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 it takes some to write, too. I'm, no, I know. No, it's it true, though. The, yeah. the hardest, the Baltimore the is and like, hardest part is the drawing. Baltimore is young, and he's... Well, he's coloring it too. He's coloring it as well. Yeah. Holy crap! I told you, like. I told you what you told me at the drink and draw on Friday night after we moved upstairs. Like, Baltimore and Kyle and Jake and um, Smith and I guess his girlfriend. I think I don't want to misspeak, but the lady that was with him, they were like in a booth, and then there were some other people hanging around. Baltimore was just over there, just like drawing. Well, he time. had like seven pieces. No, I know. And so, like at the auction. end of the drink and draw, when he, he had kicked... seven things that he put into the yard. Yes, on. at least. So geez. it might have been eight. So when... I bought three on Saturday. <laughs> when, um, when they finally kicked us out of the bar, Baltimore gets up and he hands me like five drawings <laughs> that he had done, like in an hour and a half. We're sitting up there, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I hope these make some money for you I hope people want them and I'm like looking at him just losing my fucking mind going Jesus Christ Baltimore you just did this well cause okay so he did the three hour. that I got on Saturday like, holy shit and then he did the Nightcrawler he did Nightcrawler he did the Two-Face he did yes. the Two-Face he did the Lone Wolf and Cub yes he did was there he any did the monkey dressed in and the black, monkey black so that's t-shirt. four on Sunday and I bought three on Saturday oh, yes. so that Lone Wolf and Cub is Oh, I know. Stephen Green Who won that. that? Okay. Green. Okay. Yeah, they he was hovering. Fun. He was waiting was for someone he? to try and bid yeah, over him, around. and he was just gonna. They were all bid. hovering. Yeah, they were. There were several of them hovering, and I was like, <laughs> I should have been the dick and just went in there and just upped everything because that I didn't even mean to top load it on Sunday, but I must have top loaded it on Sunday, and I figured I would. I didn't even do anything on Saturday because I was like, I must. Have the few things that I did want that I was interested in were on Sunday, and then Sunday yeah. blew up in my face. Well, did it help that Hester put out his thing Holy. on Sunday? Because he didn't give it to us till Saturday. Yeah. So that was a bit of a problem. But I'm like, Psh, nobody's going to want this Nightcrawler from Baltimore. Nobody's going to want this Two-Face from Baltimore. I'm like, Psh. Apparently they did. Fuck, I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, you can do one. Um, okay, so how does stuff do on Sunday? The overall silent auction. Was it good? Yeah, good? no, that was the big day. Was it pretty good? Yeah. I only I, seen it there in the morning and uh, uh, didn't get back around you to You should have been there. Well, that Hester yeah, went for like 80 bucks. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, think the shield, I knew it. The bat symbol went for like 60. Did you get, that was so cool, though. Who uh, was taking that around and getting all the artists think, to sign it and I everything? I think on Saturday cool. it was Nick and Renee took it around. Saturday. I think, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday, Nick and Renee. Yeah, Sunday, yeah. Was it or was it Ben? I think it was Nick Renee, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was a really so, good idea to help with that thing. This yeah. has been a while. Well, that was the that was the point of it, and I should have done it at the Drink and Draw, and then I figured I'd just do it on Saturday. And then, That was a bad move. Yeah, it was yeah. a bad move because I got like maybe halfway around the room, and that I was took already... forever. It took me forever. You just got to stop and talk to everybody. Right. Um, and then so Nick and Renee did it on Sunday, which was great. But and then uh, Renee made a friend with Kyle, and she was hanging out with him all day. And she got some art from him too. True, she yeah. did get some commission. She bought a print, and then I think she went back and got a commission. So that's cool. Cool. 
But, uh, yeah. Alright, so I finally finished Power of X and House of X. And I read the first X-Men number one of the new series with Hickman. And... Alright, dude. Alright, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Like, John doesn't know. I may be out on X-Men. Really? Like, after... What, 35 years? Like, I may be done with Man, X-Men. Man, Hickman kicked you off Fantastic Four. I know, now he's doing, he it, to me with, off he's doing it to me with X-Men. Why would okay. you get off? It can't be that bad. It's not bad. Then why are it's you just, jumping I off? don't know if I like the direction he's going but with But who it. cares? Like, just go with it. It's Hickman. He's but there's make it some... Good. Okay, so like... The, and you know what? Like, I've been a fan of Lanil. He'll be off eventually, and then you can... Who? Hickman, Hickman. or you? Yeah, he's not going to be on there forever. And well, then... okay, the story's not... Terrible. Okay, then what's the problem? The the art. I was not blown away by the artwork by Linnell. I'm U. sure you've read some bad artwork X Men issues before. Oh, I have, but it's okay. Linnell U. It should right, it should well. be it should excite me. All right, so no, maybe he's they, changing his style. I am. Um, I keep trying to I I try to compare this to Grant Morrison's when he, when run when he did the new X Men. Yeah. How Grant Morrison just took everything and just shook it up and took everything to the extreme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And there are cool things that I like in the X Men that the powers of X and the House of X. Like there are a couple cool things that I really like that he did. Yeah. But. I don't want this to be my X-Men. Like, this would be a cool, like, whatever, 12-issue miniseries yeah. kind of thing. But you know how, like, every time they do, like, a big event or they shake something up and they're like, this is going to shake the foundations of the Marvel Universe and the X-Men will never be the same. It's all bullshit, right? Like, oh, yeah. It, all, it it's all retcon? Correct. I wish they would have retconned this and went back to the same old bullshit because I don't know. It's well, they just did that with like the X Men Blue and X Men Gold, wasn't that like old school superhero? Right. Type stuff? So now they're doing something different. Right. When they get done with this, so they'll go back. I did like just stick it out. I had told you that when I interviewed, suck it up. I had told you that when I reviewed the first half of it, that they had something weird going on with Mora Mattaggart. So there was a deal. I did like that. I liked what they did with that. The other thing that they did in here, so like. They, they're, they're clone. They're making clone bodies. So I'm just gonna spoil the shit out of this for you. Okay. So basically, Professor X. They, I guess it's a retcon. So like, since the beginning of the X Men or whatever, Professor X has been using Cerebro or using his mind, and he basically takes the soul or the template of every mutant, and so he catalogs it so yeah. that it that that is there and then so like every week he does like a soft update and then like every year he does like a hard update of every whatever and so of every mutant and so when Genosha so that's what I don't get like this thing is weird like it starts at one and then it goes to like year 10 and then it goes to like year 1000 but like everything still happened like Genosha still happened yeah so now they they're cloning they can clone mutants now yeah and so they're basically going through and cloning all of the mutants and then professor x is putting their memories back in so every mutant that's ever died like the seven point whatever million x-men or mutants that died on genosha yeah their plan is to clone them and then download their 
soul, personality, whatever. So they're basically reviving every mutant that ever lived. Cool. Um, it's all right. It's just, like said... It's all right. No, like, there are some things that I really like about it, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting burned out on X-Men, man. You're not getting burned out. Just suck it up. <laughs> I oh, thought, my God. I thought, the I thought the Powers of X and the House of X was good. Yes, just suck it up. Okay, so Hickman's Fantastic Four run that you bailed out on. Right. Know, that was the greatest Fantastic Four run ever, but you had to stick it out, and it started coming around and making sense and working out. Just stick it out. Hickman is a long-term I planner. I don't know. You can't just read a couple issues and have it. you got to stick yeah, it out. They had that dude on there. That Who was that weird guy that came out of nowhere? Like Bill Edwards or something? Or Neil Edwards? Yeah, or? it was okay. It was it fine. Wasn't. It worked out all right. It hurt my eyeballs. Dude. It may have, but it, it was worth it. It hurt my eyeballs. And and stick it out. I just couldn't take it anymore. But anyway, I mean, but... I. I am out on everything except X-Men. I'm not buying any of the spinoffs. That's fine. None of them. I heard that Marauder's book is pretty cool. It might be. But that's cool. Well, Hickman doesn't write those. You'd probably like them. Yeah. Well, no, I think I did buy New Mutants just because it's freaking New Mutants. Just because it's New Mutants. That's cool. But anyway. All right, so that's my X. I don't know, two months So I read this before the con, and I flipped through it. I remember nothing. Nice. I do remember that I liked it. It's right. Ruby Falls um, by Burger Books, number one, Dark Horse Comics. Yeah, I don't remember anything. Cool. That's and an awesome My mind movie. is blank. I told you before I don't remember. I did not retain a lot of stuff, so I just remember. I'm going to blame it because of Con Brain. Right. Like, it's like, nah, you know, it was a brand new. I read I it right before that. the con, and the con just wiped out. I just can't retain anything. But hopefully the second issue will bring it all back. I didn't buy this at the con, but I got it at the con. Collection so one. Kelly Williams a little. Oh, love. I hope I didn't pre-order that because I did buy it at the con. Yeah. So I may have pre-ordered. What do you think of this? Two copies. I've I've read most oh, okay. of it because he did uh, like three. I think I've read. It was like one two or three. He did them as little one shots, but there was one in there that I didn't. I hadn't read yet, but it's cool. It's like uh, so he wanted to start this thing where he would it's do like, like just. Uh, Short little horror stories or science fiction or fan not fantasy but like science fiction horror or whatever, yeah. But just like little short stories, they're good, and so he basically had it collected into a tra a, a trade. Basically, it's not a trick. I, mean, I don't know what you call it, like a prestige format, because it's probably only I think it's like eight to twelve pages per story. So you're probably looking at thirty to. 50 issue pages or whatever in this thing yeah but he he did slice it together it's almost like an old uh like uh tales from the crypt where you have the crypt keeper that comes on and introduces the story so he has yeah. this new character that he created that's kind of like this monkey mummy monkey dude or the whatever monkey, yeah. oh. and i can't remember uh what his name is but he comes in so he did new pages for this collection just to tie everything together hmm. but they're good they're just like uh four short little stories and then there's a um a uh like a gallery like a pinup gallery in the back five or six pages or something but i love kelly williams stuff and this is really cool like like I said i've read most of them but i i don't think i had gotten the last one but it's good it's if you like kelly it's funny because he does a forward in there 
And so, like, for the first two stories, like, he hand-lettered it. And so, like, in the in the forward, he's talking about how, like, he finally got somebody to come in and letter, like, the last two or whatever. And he's, like, and it turned out so much better. It's, like, legible. And so, like, when I was talking to him to have him sign it, I was like, yeah, man, this book was really good. I said, it really got really easy to read it, though, after, like, the... After the, after the first two issues, I was like, the letter, and it was way better. Way better. <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, I know. I'm like, no, it's fine. It was it was good. And he's like, no, it was terrible. But anyway, it's, it was funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, have you read all of them? No, I just read two. I haven't read this yet. I know, but I'm saying prior to this, you don't read the first know. two. Okay. Should I read recently or remember everything I read? Freaking hard room tonight. I know it is. I'm done. Oh, you're done? Yep. All right. Well, I want to talk about a couple little more things. So I got. um, So I had these, and of course I dug them out to reread them. Plus, I wanted to get it autographed because it's by Pat Broderick. So this is an old book um, called Planet Planet of Vampires. This was published. So this is funny. So it's like the seventies. Yeah, it was. It was published in nineteen seventy-five, and he has such a nice signature, <clears throat> doesn't he? It's like so yeah. legible. Yeah, I know, right? So it's set in nineteen, or it was made in nineteen seventy-five, and it's set in the far future, Scott. From nineteen. Guess, guess when the the story takes place? Uh, two thousand two. 2010. Oh. So we've gone, we've jumped all the way to 2010. Okay. And, and so, it's a planet full of vampires. Right. It's a world gotten mad. Yes, it has. Everything's gone wrong. It's so mad. The story is well, basically. Scott can write this book. I know. The story well, is. I was reading the cover. Larry <laughs> Hama. Larry Hama wrote the first issue. It's a lot of and Pat, words. And Pat Broderick drew it. Um, but. Uh, okay, get all the words off these. So these. the art. These, uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I was excited. <laughs> Beat me down. But, uh, so it sounds like what we do to Drew every time you talk about stuff. I know, right? <laughs> so the story is, this is how the story goes. This is how the story goes. So it's only like two story. issues, man. How much are you going to talk about? That was a quarter. Let me tell man, you a story. if you were 12 years old, that was probably the best quarter you ever started. Probably. Golly. Um, Where'd you get these at? Oh, I've had these for a long time. Did you buy these when they were a quarter? No, I didn't buy them when they were a quarter. He was like four. I've had them for a while. Um, All right, so they sent this mission. You will soon be by my side to be the queen of the vampires. Right. Wow. They sent this mission. Larry Helmer wrote that, huh? Well, he wrote the first one. I don't think he wrote the second issue. Of course he did. I can't remember who wrote the second issue. Nobody does. From what it sounded like, when we when I asked Pat Broderick about it, that Atlas area is approved by the crazy. Comics Code. But, uh, is approved by the Comics Code. It does say it is. Yeah, you can't have vampires in the Comics Code. As long as they don't win, the bad guys can't. <laughs> they that can't was win. One of the, that was one of the stipulations with the code with the for uh, Werther or Wortham or whatever. Yeah, the second issue is written by John Allband. Yeah, never heard of him. I haven't either. Um, I couldn't afford Larry Hobbit. Now you have. Atlas Comics. <laughs> Alright, never wow. mind. I'm not even going to talk about the story. You guys, just if you're interested, you guys can go out. Did you like it? I guess is the important thing. I did like it. Did you enjoy it for I something did. that was from like I love the. That cover. That let's see, awesome. it was when you were four, so it I had to be four. around in what, 1920s or something? That is an awesome, right. like, <laughs> 50s style science fiction cover. That's right. pretty cool. I know, right? 
And the second one's pretty good too. The cover's okay. I like the cover of the first one better. All right. Now, I, I, I kind of like the cover of the second one better. Well, uh, well two more things. <laughs> so I got the. Oh, uh, that came out? Yeah, a while ago, dude. Spider Pig? I must not have ordered it. No, the Amazing Spider Man going big. Oh, going big. So, it was so funny. I was reading all the reviews and like, wow, Eric Larson's artwork is horrible. Or and Eric like, Larson. really complaining about how like it's hasn't aged well or something. I'm like, dude, Eric Larson is awesome and continues oh, to yeah, Is he back working for Marvel? He just did this one. He did a one shot. So this is called. Uh, okay. So they did a one shot. They so brought, this is called the Amazing Spider Man going big. Yep. Yeah. They brought. <laughs> they, they, they brought got, Jerry. Conway. Jerry Conway back, Mark Bagley, uh, Eric Larson does a story in there, um, which the Eric Larson one was great. Like he did it. Of course it is. He did it perfect. I mean, he was kind of making fun of it, kind of, but his artwork is awesome. So it's just kind of like, a, I wish the whole book would have been. As good as the. Well, no, I wish the whole book would have been Eric Larson. Like that uh, would have been awesome. I would Probably love Eric order. Larson doing Spider Man. I don't know, man. He might be cheaper than he might be cheaper than you think. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then just so it's cool. It's just three little one-off cool. stories. And then I finished um, that uh, this the Spider Man series, the Hunted, the one oh, I was talking yeah, about the, the, last time. the last time. Had a really cool twist ending, but the way that they wrote it, which this is Nick Spencer, right? Yeah. There was like there were like a couple jumps in there where something happened and I was like, "There's that's not right. Like that dude shouldn't be there. Like that shouldn't happen." And it, it gets explained, you know what I mean? But it was part like I, I guess maybe it was there for you to try to figure out what happened because it was part like part six. Because there was like it concludes. Twist. It did conclude. It's Craven. Yes, it is Craven. Oh no! I thought he was dead. He is dead now. Again. About damn time. Looks like just a rehash of Craven's it Lost Hunt. Kind of, sort of was, but you it didn't get it, like Vermin on there. Yeah, Vermin's in it. Wait, if you're gonna do another hunt, you gotta have Vermin in there. That's so but lame. Really? It turned out. I, I talked about it last time. I I thought I was not gonna like it, and then it had enough of a twist and a flair to it. And what I really, because it's been a while since I've read Craven's Lost Hunt, but and I'm sure like because that was what J M Day Mateus that wrote it. J.M. David Tess. And um, I'm sure he's he's an awesome writer in his own right. But, like, this... They, I, I like how they kind of spread it out. Because they did, like, five or six parts of The Hunted. But then they had, like, a point zero or, like, an 18-point HU. And it focused on, like, one character. And kind of their... A little bit of their background. How they got into the situation. And then, like, of them in the situation. You know what so, I'd call that issue? Filler. 21. And this would be 22. Right, I know, but they had to do, because they were coming out simultaneously so you could read them, like, with this. But, no, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, it was, like, it was, like, 20 and then 20.HU for Hunted. And they had, like, 19 and they had, like, 19.HU. Yes, I thought it was ridiculous, too. They should have just made it a... They're just well, making up numbers story. and letters. They are. They're just smashing numbers and letters together all willy-nilly, Drew. I don't understand it, but that's what they did. <laughs> but I did It defies all logic that and sounds about dumb as convention. Dirt. I did enjoy um, some of them. Um, you did enjoy then, this little six-issue series? Yeah, is Jason Aaron still writing Avengers? He is, but I'm way behind. I'm on 14. I'm before War of Realms is coming. 
in two months. Oh my god. And War of Realms has been over for a while. Are you? Why'd um, you read one issue? Wouldn't you? Have well, I was gonna get into a stack of them, and then the convention happened. And then when I got back from the convention, I wanted to read all the cool stuff that I got at the convention. Wow. So I read right. one. But so Blade is in this, and they like, the, this one's good, dude. Like, I'm a Blade fan after reading this. It's like part one of part You're two. You're not a Blade fan before. Well, no, I mean, Blade's okay, but man. <laughs> it's okay. That was, this is cool. There's did you some... finish My Name is Dolomite? Dolomite is my name. I did. It got better, didn't it? I did. I liked it. When I was done with it, I liked it. Right? Mm. Yeah. Let's talk I about that after that. After what? I want to talk about Dolomite. After. Oh, I'm done. What else Avengers. you got in your stuff? Stack there. You got like five. Savage Dragon? Or is this still good? Kick it, it ass? It is so good. It is so good. Kick it ass. Is it hit 300 yet? No, it's gearing up on 250. 250. Yeah, he's a little behind. Yeah, he, he actually is. draws them all. Right? That is true. <laughs> he didn't have he's Capula so doing it for like 80 issues where <laughs> Capula could crank one out every three weeks. That's right. What else you got in the stack? Come on. <laughs> you do quick stuff. You, know? you can Savage just sit here and go bam, bam, bam. I like this, whatever else. It's got a cool ending. Malcolm like actually kills somebody who yeah. like like in cold blood. What? So it's like a whole, Spoiler. It's a big thing. That is true. But he's living in Canada now. It's like Battle that's where it's that's like a Sunday afternoon up there. I know. I was going to say, that's where it's okay two. to kill people. He's Battle fighting Pug. Santa's elves. It's kind of crazy. Battle it's rocks, good stuff. Man. Battle Pug yeah. is good. Excellence number six. They're still doing magic stuff and fighting and the angry black guy. It's, it's interesting. Okay. Living Song is still coming out. And oh, my God. They did, the, they did the time jump thing. Were you with the time jump? I guess I missed that one. You missed the time jump. There's a time jump. That's okay. what Kirkman does. Getting he does balls. like that. I don't know what's going on, but it's cool. Maybe you want to read yeah, it. Yes, so I probably will read that one. Ascender like number six. Balls. Still liking Ascender. Good book. Do you like the Ascender? Oh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. But you like still kind of that. I did. I did. But you'll love Ascender. Yeah. Realm 15. I don't know how much longer this book is going to go. It did like a, looks like a photo cover or something. It does. But I don't know what time's going on in this book. I don't know. They must have taken my photo off of like Facebook to use for that. <laughs> Canto number five. Uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Mountain Head number two. Yeah, I don't haven't read enough to really remember what's going on. There's Is that Ryan stuff. Lee? Yeah, Ryan Lee. That's why I'm buying it. But He's the one that did that story's last okay. book with um, Hester, right? Is that mm, Ryan Lee? I don't know. No, that's a different Ryan. Ryan Kelly. Oh, Ryan Kelly. He's Ryan Lee. He's the one who met in Chicago. Right. C2E2. I got but, a, uh, this book is. Did he cool do my art. dinosaur drawing for me? I think so. Yeah, that's. But awesome. uh, this, I haven't quite got a grasp on the story yet. It's still kind of developing, but it it's going somewhere. I just don't know where. Thrilling adventure. Emma was going to talk about that, but she's not down. And she disappeared. Yes. Yeah. Did she guest. like that? We were going to have a did. guest on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Emma. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come talk about your book. Wow. <laughs> I was going to talk about the thrilling adventure. Hour. I have a beer. Yeah. Have a beer. Talk She's not 21. Book. Come talk about your That doesn't matter. It's your house. <laughs> Would you like a chair? I have a chair right here for you. Come on, here, here, here. Over here. We're ready. This is live. This is live. Yes, hello. Hi. This is Emma. She's going to talk about the Thrilling yeah. Adventure Hour. The Thrilling Adventure Hour was a really cool book. I really loved the art. Like and the Hester. Art? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So Hester, nice. yes. Yeah. And so, did you get signed by him? Did you get signed by Phil Hester? 
Did you buy huh? it? Or did Eric Gaster? I didn't get it signed by Phil Hester. Eric Gaster had by... these. Yeah. So she bought it from Eric Gaster, and he probably signed it. He did. He also gave her a page of original art from it. Yeah, and so it's really cool because I actually wow. read the book and then I like saw the the words that go with the page and so it all made sense. That was nice. neat. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Do you like it? Okay. Okay. So, so can you describe it? Like, what is it? Like, what does it, it remind is, you of? It reminds me of the murder mystery games that I play. Where they're like solving the crime. So they're pretty much, it's a couple and they're solving like ghost mysteries. So every issue they find like a different haunting thing mm -hmm. or something they kind of. And so it's like all based around like the same neighborhood. Did they so, kind of remind yeah. you, like, the two main characters, they kind of remind you of the Adams Family, like a yeah. Go Gomez and what's her name? Morticia? Yeah, definitely. Morticia. Yeah, they've yeah, got kind of that whole good. kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Did you, did you get that? Like I definitely Adam's got family? that. Yeah. Do yeah. You know what the Adams family is? Yeah. Yeah. She was in. I was in the Adams family, the musical. Oh. Well, 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 you were in I it. I wasn't in it. I but did you... the lights, but I saw it like ten times. Gotcha. Did you know who they were before that? Huh? Um. Did you know the Adams? I watched the movie in preparation for the musical. The new one. But no. The no, old the old one. Uh, I was just curious. I figured yeah. you would not know who that is. There was a music. <laughs> but yeah, that, I got that vibe. So yeah. it's kind of like an old-timey kind of, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I read the first couple issues. It was pretty decent. Nice. Phil Hester Art and Eric Gapster was inking it. And so Emma saw the book on Saturday and said, I really want that book. Yeah. I, I, something about the cover just like yeah. struck her. Wow. And I picked it up. It's that big what? giant word balloon right there. The yeah, that is definitely that's what it. Sells books to and all of the, all of the silhouettes of the people too. Definitely, uh, the martinis right at the, uh, <laughs> Got me there. <laughs> With the Death martinis. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right. Thanks, awesome. Emma. Thank you. Yep. Read it. Yes. I mean, if Emma recommends it, right? It's got to be good. All right. So Dolomite is my name. You said it was horrible. You didn't like it, but then it it turned around, right? Oh, yeah. Like, once they started making the movie? It turned around hard. It was good. Yeah. It turned around hard and became good, huh? Okay. Thank you for sticking it out. I thought you would like it. I I felt the same way. Like, the first, like, half hour or 45 minutes, it's kind of, like, dry. And it's like, like you said, his stuff isn't funny. But then you start to kind of get into the characters and they start making the movie and you kind of get what they're doing and how it was influential at the time. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> at the end, they're like... Going to the premiere in their limo, and they're like reading the reviews, you know. And they get there, and like the people just love it. You're like, mm -hmm. it's kind of heartwarming almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was funny because if you watch through the credits, they show like scenes <laughs> from the actual from movie. the actual movie, and yeah. they're terrible. Yeah, it's like terrible in the movie. Like, that. dude, that. I didn't get it. So that was Wesley Snipes that was the director? Yeah, he was the director. Like, I didn't get that that was oh, Wesley Snipes. No, see it? you didn't I see, didn't it? see oh. that at all. But, man, that was freaking hilarious. So, like, when they're doing the... When they're doing the, the freaking... When they're doing the, <laughs> the, the fight scene with the FBI out of the yeah. car by the truck, and Wesley Snipes leans over to the camera guy or whatever, and he's like, is there any angle you can shoot this from where it looks like he's actually kicking that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and the dude goes, that angle doesn't exist, sir. <laughs> it does not exist or something. And he goes, okay. And he's got like his We're back done. to him. He's got his back to him. And 
and he's talking to him while the scene's going on and it's going or whatever. And he goes, do you want me to, Eddie Murphy goes, do you want me to do that again? He goes, no, I do not want you to do that ever again or something like that. And he's like, so we got it? He's like, sure. We got it. Well, actually, uh, the the Dolomite movie is actually on uh, Prime. Yeah, I thought about it. I watched like the first like 20 minutes. It's bad. That's what I thought. Because like, as I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh, I want to go and watch the actual movie. And then I just, all I had to watch was like the credits at the end like, of the movie. And oh, I'm like, yeah, there's no way this. I can sit through this movie. <laughs> no, I can believe that. If it's like that. But I guess they made like seven movies. That dude made like I thought there were like three of that six? Dolomite thing. But I don't know. I thought. It might be more. Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. Cool. I'm um, glad you liked it. I felt like Eddie Murphy got like his mojo back a little bit, you know. Because he hasn't made a good movie in a while. No. No, it, it was good. Cool. Yeah, I think there was something else I watched after that, but it probably doesn't matter. All right, well. The End of the Epping World, season two or whatever is on Netflix right now. I still haven't watched the episode or season one. I like season one overall. Cool. I didn't think it was too bad. It's a little different. Awesome. Season two, we're over halfway through. It's like only eight episodes, I think, and they're only like half hour long. I like that type of stuff. That's right. right. So it goes quick. So I don't even know if I'm going to watch the last three episodes. Let's see what see what happens. But I did watch Daybreak as well. I think I mentioned was that, that pretty one. good. I liked it. Yes, it got better as it went along. I felt like the first. I don't, I don't remember how many episodes are in that. Maybe it's eight to ten, something like that. And uh, the first half of the episodes are a lot of character development type things. So it's a little bit more hit or miss. But once they get through that, it, it kind of is like them pushing the rest of the story. And I thought it was, it, it steps up then. And I thought yeah. it was pretty good, you know, where they wanted to go. Cool. It's not bad. It's funny. It's, you know, apocalyptic, you know, whatever type things with a little bit of fun with it. And kind of that whole Ferris Bueller day off thing, you know, where they're breaking the, what do they call it, the fourth wall or whatever uh, type thing, you know, type stuff. And what's even more amusing about that is the fact that uh, Matthew Broderick has a big part in this thing. So, you know, it's got the feel of like an apocalyptic Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then you have him in it to boot. It's kind cool. of funny. There's a movie, I think it was on Netflix, called like In the Shadow of the Moon or something. Have you heard about that? It's yeah. It's not bad. We watched it. It's kind of like time travel. It's pretty uh, it's interesting. It's like time travel, science fiction. Not really science fiction. Wait, but so like time travel thriller or whatever. It was yeah. good. Time cool. travel is not science fiction to you? Is it like real? <laughs> well, is what I mean is... is real? What, time travel is real. <laughs> um, it is, but what I mean, it's set like in the present day. Okay. Um, so it's not like... Whatever. It's not futuristic. It's not futuristic. It's like set. Other than time travel existing. Right. Well, right. the time travel exists in the future, and gotcha. they come back to this time to like normal. Well, so time. it is the future. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Sure. I don't know, dude. Okay. Cool. Okay. I don't even know the name of the movie. I'm done. But we done? watched it. And you liked it. You're really silent. I enjoyed it. Like I said, you don't know the name of the movie, but you're describing it, and it's right. okay. <laughs> and yeah. you just know what John is. Did you just feel left out? Like, you, you want to just share more? You just want to get that in there? <laughs> we had this. Yes, I did. 
Well, I saw something too. I don't remember the name of it. Right. It, was, it wasn't that good, but we saw it. It was like time traveling. Cool. Thanks, man. That's I don't right. pay attention cool. to names of things. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. I don't like to put labels on stuff. I I understand. We'll catch you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.